Jordan is on best. Harper's on middle. Welcome to another edition of the Indie Cornrows Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Schindler. As always, before we get started, if you're not already, please be sure to rate and review us over on Apple Podcasts. That really helps us out. Um, just about 50 reviews. Um, I'm just going to get right into it. Tom, first of all, how are you doing? Um, glad to – we're talking after Game 7. Pacers are now 5-2. and two. Feels like they should not be 5-2. and two. Um, But first of all, how are you doing? What's the uh, immediate takeaway from the game? Hey, it's uh, JWB, just twin baby. That's all that matters at the end of the NBA. So uh, I don't know how they did it. I still don't know how they did it. I saw it, but uh, they did it. Got it done. Made big plays, played all 48, and then took the extra time in OT to close them out. And, man, that, was, that turned out to be a fun finish after it was just a, kind of a frustrating game to watch. Yes. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And I want to start off with the positives before we talk about some of the things that uh, definitely could have been better. Um, number one, I thought Miles was just incredible today. Um, obviously, I mean, the fouls ends up fouling out of the game, but the Pacers don't even make it to overtime without his defensive plays over the last four minutes. I thought it was fantastic. Offensively, too, really good. Um, the, uh, I mean, he, in, he had that follow and transition again. He keeps finding openings uh, that just lead to easy baskets. He just spaces the court so much better, not just to the arc. Uh, I tweeted this out, you know, just the way that he's spacing inside the paint is fantastic compared to years prior. Like it, so many times it felt like he was just like a clunky part of the offense, never quite in the right spot, always like overthinking where he had to be, it seemed like. But now he's processing everything Um up to speed with everyone else and he's getting to the right spots. And he, he was really integral down the stretch. Obviously we, I mean, he hits the game tying three, uh, which if, if, if he gets the ball in that scenario last year, I feel like he probably checks out of it. Would you agree? He either checks out of it or he hesitates for a second. And then probably, I don't want to say that he misses it, but I mean, this is a different miles on offense. And we've talked about it the last couple, uh, last couple gamers, um, but he's just completely different on the offensive end. I, I think it's the easiest way to put it, you know? Yeah, I mean, he, he's definitely, you know, been willing to take some big shots in the past. But I would say overall, like you're saying, he just has – seems like he has a more purpose out there on mm -hmm. offense as as far as, like, you know, knowing exactly what um, – is expected or, or what he's free to do or, or, you know, he's, he's looking to make plays uh, more than, you know, maybe looking to fit in with yes. um, guys who plays are being run for. And I think maybe he, um, maybe that, that that's a big thing with Bjorkman is that, yeah, yeah, you're the fourth and fifth option on the floor, but you can score if you are in these positions, make, you know, and, and make moves and cut when, when there's an opening. And, and um, he seems to be really hunting out those situations um, when he's going. But, yeah, he was huge 
um, in that late in that game. And, you know, after, you know, honestly, it wasn't a great full game for him. <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely not. The, 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 early yeah, the, the fourth quarter in OT. He was loose with the ball. And was, but, I mean, again, this is the growth uh, in him is that, um, you know, you go to the bench with, what, 7.0 rebounds and, yep. and three fouls. And, and, you know, there were a lot of nights in the past where he would not have recovered and had such a big impact late in the game. And he just got in there and stuck with it. And, you know, he was fresh because <laughs> he had so much time on the bench. And, yeah. And, uh, but, yeah, he, he makes that little pass pump fake on the tying shot and lets it go. Oh. That was sweet. That was uh, it, it was beautiful. So I, I, I it, saw. It just, <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I, I tweeted this out too. I uh, before Vic stole the inbounds pass, I was about ready to turn off my TV and come set up so we could <laughs> yeah. record. And then Vic steals the inbound pass. I'm like, okay, well, something has to happen still. And then he gets it out to Miles, and Miles scores. And I'm like, oh my god, oh my god. So then, yeah, yeah. it was the just a and complete the thing- complete changeup. And and the thing about right, you know, about a minute before that, um, you know, I think it was Malcolm and Justin Holiday had really good looks where it looked like, oh, they could have cut the three, maybe could have tied it. And then it just seemed like that was the opportunity lost and it was over. And then, boom, last 20 seconds, um, Vic makes it happen. So, oh, that was fantastic. Yes, exactly. So, okay, one of the first things we got to talk about, too, you know me, Tom, I'm one of the last people to complain about officiating, um, especially when it comes to the Pacers in general. The officiating for both sides tonight I thought was horrendous. Um, It felt like, you know, in the Celtics game, I mean, I thought they would have let Tristan Thompson and and Domas just start swinging at each other before calling fouls. Um, And tonight it was like if if you breathed on somebody, it was a foul. Um, which was, I don't know, it was, I think part of it was like uh, punctuated by it just being overall a sloppy game for both teams. I mean, lighting up a ton, a ton, a ton of second chance points for the Pacers. Oh, um, yeah. A lot of turnovers for the Pels. Um, I mean, the turnover battle ended up being pretty similar, but I mean, the mostly just because the Pacers squandered like everything in the fourth quarter. Um, I think they, they ended up with like seven or eight turnovers just in the fourth quarter alone. Um, so both yeah, teams were, were just had small minor mistakes that kept adding up and were uh, making it overall not an aesthetically pleasing game. Uh, but the refing on top of that just made it. It was uh, – I, I normally am not somebody who screams at the TV, but I was getting – you know, I, I was definitely getting pissed at it. Even, even for foul calls on the Pelicans, I was like, what are we doing here? You know, how is that a foul? Like, it just didn't feel like it was being called uh, similarly at all. Like, the lane violations. Like, I what yeah. – when is the last that time that you from? have ever seen a lane violation called that was not like a blatantly obvious one where somebody's like, like somebody, you know, checks their, their free throw and a guy's like halfway into yeah. the lane. So I, I don't know. It was just, it was a quirky game. Yeah. I mean, the Pacers had like 26 fouls and that was um, led to obviously a lot of free throws. I mean, it was kind of interesting that the, the uh, um, obviously it was an even game going to OT and, <laughs> Uh, but the Pelicans had a 10-point advantage at the three-point line, and the Pacers had a 10-point advantage at the three-point line. So um, that kind of evened out. But um, it, it just is still – and I know Sabonis brings the physicality to the game, but, I mean, hell, so does Adams. And um, it just seems like um, 
you know, there, there were points where Sabonis seemed to be complaining about Adams, you know, grabbing him and, and throwing him and then they calling it on Sabonis. Um, and it really kind of took him out of his normal game for sure. And uh, it was just like, you, said, you know, I, I said, I think I, t- I tweeted out the game. It was, you know, the Pacers got, had to get in the muck and just grind it out. And that, in, in large part, is because the refs, the way they had the game flowing with the whistles blowing so much. And, and uh, it's not, like you said, not an aesthetically pleasing style of play to watch. But, um, again, it, it makes these types of wins even more sweet when um, it doesn't go to plan, but you find a way anyways, especially on the road. Yeah, yeah, no, I would I, w- I would totally agree with that. Um, before we get to the next point, I want to take a quick break. Uh, And then I will go in on what I have to talk about. Uh, So we'll be right back. Welcome back, Pacers fans. All right. So uh, I promise this is going to be a short rant. Um, uh, It's probably going to be a long rant, but I'll try and keep it short. Um, Malcolm Brogdon, even without overtime, played 40 minutes today. Um, Domas, if he had not fell out, was also on track to play 40 minutes. Uh, Victor ends up playing 36 minutes in overtime. Um. This is a trend that that is carrying over, uh, at least, you know, over the last four or five games. And it's starting to I don't want to say bother me, but it's something that's concerning to me. Certainly, Um, you know, we're in game seven of a 72 game season coming off of an unprecedented, you know, uh, last year and a half. Um, And there's already injuries on the team with TJ out. Malcolm is an injury susceptible susceptible player. Um, Domas is coming off of an injury that could easily be reaggravated. Victor is, I mean, we we know his injury history. Um, Tom, I want to ask you before I talk even more about it. I, I want to ask where you're at on it because I think, as much as it's nice that the Pacers won Game Seven against the Pels, I do have a lot of concerns about um, playing some of these guys the way they are, and just minute dis- distribution overall has been kind of vexing to me. Um, so far throughout the season. Uh, yeah, it, it definitely is one of the surprises um, for me, especially, you know, from what we heard from Bjork when he was hired and, and um, you know, how they were talking about, um, you know, using the regular season to get into the playoffs, but preparing to be at your best in the playoffs. And maybe this is part of the plan where you're um, going heavy with your main guys early on as you're learning what to do um, and getting as many many reps and as many situations as you can as you're figuring out what Bjorken wants done and and then, and also hopefully stacking some wins now. I mean, I don't think that could have been a part of the plan because I don't know that you can rely on on a new system guys learning a new system and also putting wins up but um i'm just playing devil devil's advocate here but yeah. you know you you're building this up and then i I keep, I keep saying this though when you bring it up at some point it's yeah i mean you can't keep this pace up you know so um at, and, and even tonight um i thought i kept waiting for jakar to come in and play some, you know, a heavier little, at least five to 10 minutes in the second half, 
with uh, Sabonis, not only was he, you know, dealing with some foul issues, but again, his minutes, like you said, were huge. Now that group was running well. And, you know, that's one thing Brooklyn does seem to do is when a, a, a group, whether it's bench guys or not, are going, he keeps them in there, um, you know, while they're going. But, um, but it, you know, at the end of not having Jakar, even even like at the start of the fourth quarter, which was when they made a nice little run. Um, but I felt like that would have been the time to get Sabonis a, a little blow there. And, you know, he, he had held up pretty well in there, I felt. Um, and, and really was kind of helped keep, keep them from getting um, buried in that first half um, when, you know, Williamson, Williamson and Adams are so big. Yeah, and then you have Ingram's length that you know the Pacers had to have some more size going there, and, and Jakar did fine, brought a little spark. Um, but yeah, that that's it, it's I I know I, I mean I know Brogdon is in mostly the best shape of his life and he's ready to go, but it's like at some point you can't keep his pace up. I just it's incredible. And even, even you know, I mean, you have that eight-and-a-half-man rotation basically today because Jakarta played in the first half. But um, So, yeah, I, I feel I feel your, your pain. I mean, I'm not, you know, things are going well, and I do see the benefit of these guys playing a lot together right now um, in the system. But, again, like I say, at some point, um, you know, and maybe it's coming this, you know, they have a, that, that schedule really ramps up when they hit the road next week. Yeah, exactly. Um, they got two more this week. But again, I, I think I said that last week. So <laughs> I, I know it, 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 it can't keep up this pace though for the whole season, that's for sure. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I just think to me, it, it, like, I, you know, and it's not me trying to hammer on it. It's just considering that the front office and, and Nate himself talked about wanting to play a deep rotation, give new looks uh, and not, not to say that they haven't given new looks they have, but when you talk about you hype up, you know, doing things differently than you did last year. I mean, you could argue that it's an even more intense version of the minutes distribution from last year. Um, and well, yeah, I, I know that's different. a, it's a reductive way to talk about it for sure. But like, I mean, there's a, there's a case. And I think that's why it's slightly bothersome to me. I mean, we uh, came in with, you know, this, this is what's been talked about is not what's going on per se. I mean, obviously a lot of stuff that's happening on court is the stuff that's been talked about, but getting some of the guys looks just hasn't been a thing. Um, you know, and, and I think, I, I, I don't know. It, it's just an interesting line for me because you look at it, it's like, yes, all right, you're five and two now. You beat the Pels. That's awesome. You lost to the Knicks, whatever. Um, I think the way I look at it is you, when you come out to start the season, I know it's a new coach and a new system, but um, isn't this the time when you want to be running 11, 12 guys and seeing what you have or just trying new things? Like, you don't want to air everybody out and get them, you know, completely. Uh, run down at the beginning of the year not to say that's what's going to happen but i just it doesn't even matter what kind of shape malcolm's in or, or what anybody's in like it's just not a sustainable method of play right now and of course you know i'm i'm just seeing i'm, I'm talking strictly off the seven games that, that we've seen um but just based on this being like a trajectory um 
and I'm sure things will change. But at the same time, I don't know. I'm still just I, I'm very reticent to say that I'm uh, I'm exactly. Um, I mean, obviously, you can't be displeased with starting five and two. Um, but at the same time, I, I just think that there are enough red flags that it's like uh, it's a little bit concerning because like a guy like Keelan, like I mean, Keelan, even though he wasn't great in the minutes he got against the Knicks, he played four and a half minutes. I don't really think that there was anything to say, oh, well, he shouldn't play. I mean, you look at Malcolm and Domas both. I mean, they played that massive stretch in the third quarter, headed into the fourth. And, I mean, Malcolm's, like, hardly even closing out on guys. There was the Lonzo Ball had a wide-open three because Malcolm came back in transition. He'd been out there for, like, eight minutes straight already, so he just doesn't make his routine closeout. And that's an easy basket for Lonzo. Um, Like, little things like that. Like, it gets to a point where um, there's not really a benefit to having them out there that long. It it starts to become a negative because of how much – you're having to run stuff through them. So I don't know. I think there just needs to be more of a balance and I'm hopeful that we'll see that soon. Um, Like, I mean, Ed, Ed could have been out there getting minutes. And again, it's not like they have to play 20 or 25, like just try eight to 10 minutes and see what happens. If anything, it's energy. Like I wouldn't say that Jakar had like an amazing game, but he was impactful. I mean, he had like his own little mini scoring run that helped get the Pacers going and he was able to give fouls on Zion. I thought that was huge. Like, it's not anything instrumental, but he, he got to the line. He was out there playing defense. He was a factor on the glass. Um, like, I, I don't know. I just think that that kind of contribution is something that you could hopefully get out of more guys from the bench or at least try to. Um, and we just didn't see that and haven't. Yeah. And, I mean, I, you know, I don't mind a nine, nine man rotation. Um, and it, actually, in, in most cases, I kind of prefer that. Um, but with, worn out now it seems like um and i think they i think they definitely would you know we're, we're settling in on that nine man rotation with worn out um which would then you know you would think depending upon matchups like today i mean it was um i think even if Warren was there you know jacar was a, a guy that you were gonna turn to um if the pelicans you know when the pelicans were uh, having their way there with the big guys in there because um, he's pretty much the only other option <laughs> to get in there, but you, they had to do something and, you know, work to, to stem the tide. Uh, but yeah, it, it's, yeah. Like, I mean, like I just said earlier, it's just not sustainable uh, playing that many minutes uh, going the full way. So um, we'll see if it, if it, you know, changes a little bit, you know, we, we've got, um, kind of a hint that, you know, Keelan's going to be a guy that's going to begin. Uh, probably he's going to be either Keelan or Jakar now looking at, you know, who, who that matchup might be. He's going to be filling some of those gap minutes with Warren out. Um, but, yeah, those um, – um, with Malcolm, you would think even five minutes of Ed Sumner at some point would um, – you know, be able to give him uh, a little more breathing room because I mean, he—he's—you're right. I mean, his his injury history is is scary to to um, think about him if he if he is out there tired and not playing. Um, you know, I'm not saying not playing hard, but not you know you, when you're worn out after that much time and you don't get the the breaks to catch your breath. Um, you know that that's when an injury can happen. 
But uh, fortunately, he caught his breath for the game winner tonight, though. Yes, I, I would totally agree. That was uh, definitely a nice part. Um, I think, too, in a, in a more positive direction, I mean, uh, Justin Holiday played a really good game just all around. Uh, actually had the best, second best plus minus on the team other than Doug McDermott, who Doug had his own run. Like, he was a huge part of that run. Um, when he missed that shot, yeah. though, at the end of the game uh, in the – in, in OT, I thought the game was over, frankly, um, or not OT when I mean in, uh, um, in the fourth quarter, when he missed that shot in the fourth quarter, yeah. I thought that was when I was ready yeah. to turn the TV off. I was like, Oh wow. If Doug's going to miss that, or I was turn the TV off and get ready to go. But, uh, no, yeah. he, he was really good. His driving has been great. I thought he was good defensively as well. I mean, not defensively, gosh, uh, on the glass, I meant to say he only finished with three rebounds, mm-hmm. but that offensive rebound he got was huge. Um, I just – I don't know. I've been really impressed with Doug this year. I think he's been really solid. Um, Aaron Holiday, though, I think – where are you at with Aaron and how he's been so far? Because I think part of it um, – he's just being used in a role that is – I mean, it's the role that he was playing to an extent last year, but um, he's really not getting the opportunity to do anything with the ball in his hands. Uh, very few opportunities to run, pick, and roll or, or, or drive to the rim. Just a lot of him – kind of spotting up in the corner and his shot unfortunately hasn't been falling, but um, I do yeah, wonder yeah, a little bit if this problem, I think is that shot's just, I mean, it's just not there. Yeah. And um, I mean, that's gotta be his game right now. And uh, so again, like you say, he, maybe he'd be better coming off the bench where he can be running more stuff um, and not be in that third off guard. Yeah, I kind of wonder if they elevate Justin or Doug into the starting lineup because it, it just seems sensible. Um, but it would also I mean, be difficult, too, because of how, yeah, <laughs> especially with how much uh, TJ uh, has been playing lately. It's hard to bring both of them off the bench at the same time, just size-wise, especially against yeah. the Pels. Like, this was a tough matchup for Aaron because, I mean, the smallest guy on the court for the Pels the entire game is, uh, I mean, J.J. Redick, I guess, or Eric Bledsoe height-wise, but Eric Bledsoe is like, as strong as Aaron is, I mean, Eric Bledsoe is like yeah. the strongest guard in the league. So um, it's a tough matchup. But regardless, I, I, I mean, hope that, that, that tell seems a beast of a matchup. All they're around. good. I mean, they're just, I mean, they're just young at certain spots. But my God, I mean, there were times that way. It's like Ingram looked like Durant out there pulling up in the mid range. There's nothing you could do. It's too long. And um, man, they they. Um, they have some pieces. Yeah, no, they're really fun. And actually, a funny thing, my uh, over at Premium Hoops, the site I edited at, my uh, one of my friends wrote about Zion Williamson's defense and put it out. And the craziest part, I mean, the Pell's defense has been really good this year. Um, but as we saw tonight, I mean, Zion Williamson is not a good defender currently. Mm-hmm. Um, as, as much as a, he's an impactful offensive player, his defense is pretty horrid. Um, and the Pels, when he's on court, they have like the fourth best defense in the league. When he's off court, they have an 86 defensive rating, which would be like the greatest defense of all time. Um, <laughs> so that's just like to illustrate how good of a defensive unit they are. But um, I think the last thing I kind of want to hit on, though, the rebounding is just, uh, man, out rebounded 67 to 47 tonight, which is. Uh, obviously terrible um there's really no way around that what do you think is happening with the rebounding because i you know i want to go back and watch a lot of the rebounds 
uh, and maybe right about it. it. Right now, it's just been it's been awful um, and totally I mean, killer. Yeah, just, just forget defensive rebounds by the opponent. It's the offensive rebounds that are yes, exactly crazy. Because I mean, it's just you know that got New Orleans going big time in the first half, and uh, you know. The bonus is in their bag, I know. Um, Adams and Williamson, though, were just shoving those guys around. And, um, and I mean, Turner's just never been um, a great rebounder going and getting the ball, you know. And, and, and he can get knocked off balance, which doesn't allow him to, to go and jump and get the ball. Um, and that just continually shows up. Um, when another team has, you know, size inside, you know, like a Cleveland. Um, and it is just a killer. Um, and now, you know, they're even smaller without Warren in there. So um, that's just always going to be uh, an area where they're going to have to battle. Um, I mean, it's incredible how, I, I mean, if, if I were a team like that, I would definitely hit the offensive glass. A lot of teams have, really make it a priority to hit the offensive glass, but I have a feeling they're going to be attacking it against the Pacers until they start uh, figuring out a way to, to get guys in there and, and uh, clear those, um, you know, clear what is, should be a defensive stop. Yeah. I mean, it's tough too, because I, um, I mean, part of the thing with miles too, I mean, he's not a good rebounder. That's totally fair to say, but also, I mean, uh, it's tough because it's felt like every single one of his blocks tonight resulted in a putback almost because uh, yeah. it wasn't corralled. And that's not on miles. I mean, he makes a great defensive play, but it's just, that's the state of the rebounding right now. Um, so hopefully yeah, that he will alter a lot of shots. Today yes. Too. Oh my God. Yes. He was so good. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, it's hard to really find too yeah, much fault no, with the second half. Part of it too. But yeah, um, regardless, yeah. that's something that I hope, gets improved uh over time but it's not just given the fact that that's been a problem for a couple of years now um not sure that we are going to see that improve but it, it sounds nice in principle no. <laughs> well, tom them. do you have uh do you have anything you want to close out on before we get out of here uh no i mean honestly i was getting in one of those negative modes with the pacers when they can go on a streak in the wrong way and the fact they pulled this out was huge because you got um, the teams coming in with um, Houston and Phoenix coming to the field house this week. And those games are always a crapshoot because you can catch them on the wrong night and just get blitzed yeah. and uh, run out of the gym. Um, hopefully that won't happen. Uh, but that threat is always there when you're playing those types of teams. So um, now they got that, you know, five and two record. There's a heck of a lot in four and three. <laughs> and <laughs> yes. like I said at the beginning, JWB, it doesn't matter how you do it, just win, baby. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. At the end of the day, uh, win's a win. I, uh, I got yep. it's, it's my job to bring the youthful pessimism, right? It's the opposite of the <laughs> saying, but I'll, I'll, I'll bring it anyways. Uh, well, Tom, striving for greatness. <laughs> yes, exactly. Or not even that. I just, I want to see the, the potential play out and, uh, I don't know. I just have questions. I have a lot of questions. I think that's why I got into writing and talking about stuff. So we'll see what happens. Tom, this was fun. To everyone listening, thank you for listening. 
Go Pacers. We have a lot of uh, great content coming up this week, as Tom mentioned. Houston coming up in two days, uh, or I guess one day if you're listening to this tomorrow. Uh, Phoenix on Friday? Phoenix? No, free, is Phoenix Saturday. Friday? Saturday. Phoenix on Phoenix Saturday. Saturday. Yeah. And then SAC is on Monday, I think. And then, yep. yeah, they're off on the road. Yep. Yep. So it's going to be a, we got a lot coming up. So thank you for listening. Enjoy the rest of your week or uh, rest of your time until you listen to this pod again later on in the week. Uh, just have a good rest of your day.